Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 11 of Acid Washed Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. My name is Joe Morata. Joining me, of course, is Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy. Howdy, Michael. I'm here. And tonight we're talking about the late night wars, Letterman versus Leno. It's funny. We're talking about late night because the weather just changed and now it's light yeah, out later. Good point. It's not Great late. Timing. It's not late to me anymore. Very serendipitous, Yeah, if it's you will. very interesting. Very interesting. And folks, we hope you find this show interesting interesting. Thank you so much for being with us here. If this is your first time, perhaps you found us on Twitter or elsewhere, we have uh, 10 other shows in the archive that you could check out. Already 10. Already 10. It's, uh, it's bubbling up. It's very bubbly the, here. The archives. Yeah, in the archives. And what we try to do on this show is present to you each week a different slice of retro pop culture. Yes. We've talked about all sorts of things. Obviously, we last week we talked about the mall. People were very happy about that I one. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun I, doing that. I had that. fun going back to the mall. Yep. So if you haven't checked out all the episodes, why don't you do that? You can also follow us on Twitter if you have a Twitter account at AWM Podcast on Twitter. We just post stuff there and it's fun. It's Twitter. You know what Twitter is probably. It's, it's fun times all around. Fun times all around. And if you have a Facebook, believe it or not, we have a Facebook group. It's free. You just click to join it. Acid Washed Memories Discussion Group on Facebook. And over there, we're talking about all of our old memories and we promise it's a very lighthearted place. There's no drama or anything like that. All the nice guys are there. All the nice guys talking are there. Talking about all their acid wash memories. And Chuck mess, yes. so you yeah. say hi to Chuck and, mess and him too. Uh, on yeah. your way in. But really, if you just want to have fun for an hour or so uh, at work, after work, whatever the case may be, we appreciate you checking us out. All right, Michael, yeah. we're doing another war. Oh, another one, We've eh? done Cola, we've done Burger, we've done all sorts of wars, right? Well, this war was waged from 1993 until mm-hmm. 2014, and the belligerents were NBC... The National Broadcasting yes, Company. National. And CBS. This is CBS. The Columbia Broadcasting System. Columbia. Very Colombian. <laughs> Very, that's where they're from, right? Juan Valdez was hanging out yeah. there. Stop. And the battleground for this war was 11.30 p.m. Monday through Friday. When you're looking for something that really hits the spot, go for The Tonight Show. Take a look at Late Show with David Letterman. How do you do? I'm Broadway Dave. See you in all the excitements about. Seems like a weird thing to battle over, by the way, just because it's just like well, a what? lot of this, you know, oh, to be a rich, you know, comedian really is what, what is a lot it? of this boils down to. You know what I've always wondered is like, what is even the ratings at that hour? Very like, good. They are? For, are they? Comparatively so, yeah. And although, you know, the winner of this war was very clear cut for the most part from a rating standpoint. Mm hmm. The critics and a lot of fans had other thoughts. So tonight we're breaking it down for you. Letterman, David Letterman, and his late show versus Jay Leno, who was holding the baton of The Tonight Show. But in order to even get to why this mattered, why, mm-hmm. like, when 11, 30, who cares, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. Why it is a little matter? late. I, like, I'm wondering, like, internationally, right? Well, I, don't, I don't know what the, the behavior is there at 11 o'clock. Uh, beans on toast, I think. Yeah. But for all of you UK fans, you know, over on the other side of the pond or even anywhere else, like Canada where you don't care or Australia where you have nothing else to do, so maybe you do know, the chat show, as they call it in the UK, is a bit different than here in the United States. Quinn, what's a talk show? <laughs> well, a talk show is where there's a host that 
may or may not have a famous name or was a B-level celebrity. I don't know, a comedian, whatever. The Chevy Chase Show, coming this fall to Fox. They do their little, you know, monologue or something at the beginning. Sure. And then they have guests, usually shilling some shit. It's generally like, my movie's coming out or I'm my TV show yeah, or, you my know. My book. My book or whatever. And they and then they go on and they have happy talk for like 15 <laughs> minutes. Yep. Like between like usually two commercial breaks, breaking it up. Yep. And then they move on to the next guest. Sometimes they move down the, the couch. <laughs> yes, yeah, it, that like, is a tradition. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe a musical guest at the end or a comedian or something right, like that. Yeah. You know? And the whole point is to give people something to watch, but really the whole point for the network is to make money off of advertising money. Right. Clearly. It's, overall, these shows, it's funny that there was even a war over them because overall, they're just a method for people to shill stuff. That's all it is. Yeah. When you really boil it all down, it's commercials, it's advertising, it's people promoting things. But at the same time, they were known because of a certain host that established how this all worked absolutely of having a lot of moments and yes. like you know if you held that seat it's pretty prestigious there's right? prestige there you right. go there's honor involved here so for you uk people where you have your chat shows as i believe they're called uh is graham norton one of the most prominent ones that went on over there where there's always like a panel of people on at any given time it's just someone's car crash idea of a television program right, yeah. that's what i want seven people talking at the same time that's i fun. mean they also used to do that in america and then they got bored of it yeah. like where they would just have weird like theater celebrities and like <laughs> play like games or something for a half an hour my kind of entertainment yeah. But to boil it all back here, late night, what did this all mean? Well, Quinn, can you guess to which period of time in the United States we're going to dial this back to? I'm going to say the 50s. Yes, post-war. Yeah, <laughs> you, invention of television. You got it, Michael. See for yourself why every year more people buy RCA Victor than any other TV. And as we've talked about several times on the show, we needed programming back in the 50s when television was on the rise, right? Mm -hmm. And one of those uh, companies, the National Broadcasting Company, decided to install a vibrant comedian, musician, comedy writer by the name of Steve Allen. Yeah, Steve Allen is like the originator of all of this, He's right? the originator. We've had the best engineering and production brains east of the Mississippi, working on a clever opening for this program for about the last <laughs> three months, ever since we planned to go on, we were going to have the Empire State Building and move it, and <laughs> the city, we had Mayor Wagner at our beck and call, they were going to give us, the East River was going to flow the other way, and all sorts of very exciting things, and uh, about 20 seconds ago, a fella ran in and says, the Cadillac remote unit had a flat tire, you know. <laughs> And Steve Allen, actually, like, I think he's an interesting figure at the beginning of this, like, new form of entertainment because he was famous already within, you know, at least New York City, I yep. mean, and, and throughout the country and stuff. And, you know, he was just a comedian, you know, his one-liners and everything like that. But he was a prolific comedy writer, writer too. Like, yep. he, he was a smart guy, and his humor was smart for the time, right? It, it, was wasn't, it wasn't just, you know, falls on his face and all this bullshit, right? Correct, and he wasn't doing, like, Milton Berle. He wasn't doing what other people were doing at the time, or Jackie right. Gleason. Believe it or not, at one point, Steve Allen was hip. Like, oh, he, absolutely. He, he was absolutely, like, top-of-the-line comedian, like, one of the best in the country. 100%. And yeah. in 1954, NBC saw fit to give him a brand-new show known as The Tonight Show, eventually mm. became known as that. It was originally an hour and 45 minutes for anyone interested. And Steve Allen's version of The Tonight Show, which ran for three years until 1957, he actually pioneered some things that would carry on well beyond his time, such as the man-on-the-street bits, where he'd be out there talking yes. to people. Yes, yes, right? definitely. And, and 
I mean, that's just a Steve Allen bit. That's general. a Steve Allen bit. Yeah. And that would carry on much further than that and became commonplace, obviously. Yeah. Not only that, he would do a lot of things that another fella who was on the CBS show in the 90s would do. Stunts. You know, let's jump into a vat of jello or something. Like right. a weird, so like weird, absurdist stuff. Like off-the-wall stuff. Off-the-wall is a great way to look at it. And you got to remember, at this period of time in the 50s, People hadn't seen this stuff. No, this before. was this was a new type of humor. This was cutting know? edge. This was cutting edge, and he. I think because in our lifetime, Steve Allen was always kind of like this older gentleman figure. Stodgy. Oh, he's from the Rat Pack or whatever. Yeah. Like you know, like he's old. Master like, Splinter. But I look back and see footage of him back then, and I'm always like, he has an air about him that no, this this was like this guy was considered cool. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, this people thought this guy was hot shit. And maybe even smarter than the room a lot of times. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? In all seriousness. So his show was wildly successful, so much so that they wanted to put him into primetime. And that didn't quite work out. But there was no attachment to late night for him. No. Because remember, he's the establishing guy. For all he knew, when this began, it would go on for six months. Yeah. He had no, like, I'm going to do this for 20 no years way. or anything like no. that. Precedents were being set. You know, right, as we yeah. always talk about, it, in the infancy of these things, precedents have to be set. He and probably didn't want to do it for a long time. He, he was a, right. you know, he's a comedian. He wants to go do this, then do that. It's a good you point, know what I mean? Three years is a long time for people like that. Yeah. Also a long time to be the champion. You yeah, know? Absolutely, yes. So he had some fill-in hosts during that time where they found a new one. Uh, you might have heard of Ernie Kovacs before. There was also Jack Lascouli, Al Collins, but blah, blah, blah. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the next big player who was handed the show in 1957 was a totally different type of comedian, more of a, a humorist, more introspective guy by the name of Jack Parr. And uh, visualizing it, can you imagine what would happen when the, the man says, what's your name? Dwight David Eisenhower. Would you spell that, please? You know, it's very cold. What did you do before, you know, what was your life? I was president. Why did you leave your last job? I, you know, I, I, I had to. Were you fired or did you quit? Well, it was a, see, it was a combination of circumstances. Please, Mr. Eisenhower, you're, you'll have to be specific. You're holding up a whole line here. Jack Parr hosted this show until... March of 1962. So he had about a five-year run with The Tonight Show. Yep, and it sounds like they're they're starting to make a little precedent that, you know, this is for a bit. Yes. It's like a residency or something. Perfect. You know? Yeah, you take up your residency at The Tonight Show, right? right yeah. Jack Parr's version of the show, it, it, again, for people that are born, anyone listening to this, and we only know this because just going back and looking, but... I've seen some footage of it, but it didn't yeah. impress me. It just seemed right. whatever. Because like, if, you know, knowing what we know about Tonight Show, to many people, it's obviously going to mean Carson. It's going to mean Leno. It's going to mean Letterman. It's going to mean Conan. It might mean Jimmy Fallon. It might yeah. mean Craig Ferguson. I don't know. But Jack Parr was a huge name in his day, and his show was like the water cooler talk, so to speak, in the late 50s and early sense. 60s. Yeah, because he was different than Steve Allen. He was funny. He, there was humor. Don't get me wrong. But he went for the political side of things a bit. He would have politicians which, on the show. Which honestly is something that would um, definitely leak into the late yeah. night stuff as well. Yep. And politicians. Obviously, John Stewart. Yeah. You know, Stephen Colbert. There'd always Colbert. be the, you know, the, the tradition of interviewing the two presidential candidates. There you go. Yep. And, oh, now I'm I'm funny. This is the yeah, funny side the funny uh, of, of the president. Oh, he's just like everyone else, right? <laughs> yeah. He just wants to be, he just wants a job. He just wants to be the president, just right? Just a regular guy. Yeah. And Jack- like we're like we're running for county commissioner over <laughs> right, here, right? right. Yeah, freeholder maybe. Yeah. Did we know what that is yet? We're no, not sure. We'll, we'll figure it out eventually. Alyssa. Anyway, Jack Parr was also compared to Steve Allen, who was you know cool and kind of hip and more laid back. 
Jack Parr was mercurial. He was temperamental. He was emotional. He quit the show several times. One time walking off the air <clears throat> on the middle of a show. I took over a show with 60 stations. There's now 158. The show is sold out. It's the highest, I think, uh, money producer for this network. And I believe I was let down by this network at a time when I could have used their help. You have been peachy to me always. Jack, I, you know what I said about See, I didn't know all of this. Yeah. That's actually news to me. He's a name before our time and a name before many people's times, but he was a big they deal. They clearly like, erased him from the canon, if you ever notice. Oh, well, yes. They, they act like there was nothing before... You know, actually, they, they act like they're Steve Allen, and then it just went to Johnny Carson. <laughs> like, they don't even, like, act like there's anything in between. They're like, Steve Allen was great. He founded the thing. There was this guy named Jack Parr. And then... Yeah, you know, yeah. It's always like that. They brush over him. Yeah. But he was a big deal. Jack Parr, he sucked. <laughs> like, so they, they had to get rid of him, and then Johnny Carson came. Like, that's how they act. Would you say he was below Parr? Yeah. Sorry. Well, to NBC, he was. <laughs> Apparently so. I'm sure there was, like, Jack Parr fans that were, like, pissed. I'm that, sure like, there were. Yeah. Absolutely. But when Jack Parr left the show for the last time in March 1962, NBC had only one person in mind to replace him. And they had to wait till October because he was engaged in ABC's game show universe. That sounds very ABC. Very ABC. They're, they're, they're game show city over there. Yep. And we're talking about a young, at the time, handsome, good old Midwestern comedian, mm-hmm. unassuming fella, but sharp by the name of Johnny Carson. This is the comedy star and popular MC of Who Do You Trust, Johnny Carson. Thank you, and this is my partner, Marino Shea, from Detroit, Michigan. Yes, Johnny Carson, the legendary Johnny Carson. Here's Johnny, indeed. Here's Johnny, yep. Johnny Carson had been in show business for a while. He was an amateur musician, an amateur magician, and <laughs> a stand-up comedian, Yeah, and a good one. Yeah, a very good joke teller, very good with his delivery, very good at improvising. But he also had a there was a something about him that felt comforting. I don't know what else yes. to say. Like a, like a certain class, but never smarter than the room. Right, he's like a good friend or something like that. Right, where you don't you don't feel like he's talking down to you never, or anything. Never, like he's not smarter than the room. A comfortable old shoe, perhaps. Yeah. Right. But he would soon become a juggernaut. See, Johnny Carson impressed NBC so much, they held the show open from March to October to get him. They had other guest hosts. They knew. They knew they had something with this guy. Because when you're thinking, folks, and now we're going to try to get into why this mattered, right? And we'll get into Carson and, and what came after. But when you're thinking about 1130 at night, or I guess 11.15 at that time when Johnny took it over, and you're trying to figure out who you're appealing to, yes, you have... The East Coast. Right. But you know where it's one hour earlier and probably more people are watching? The Midwest. Yes, the Midwest, definitely. That makes sense, right? Middle America. It's probably the the meatiest portion of your, meaning the most people. Yeah, of, of, and of meaty wa- also. Yeah, and, see yeah, some of meaty. those elbows. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely works. Um, I mean, your audience also is people getting ready to go to bed. So that's the that, deal. There, there's an aspect of, that's why I, I, I like to highlight the comfort factor. 100%. Because I think that's like, 
yeah, again, you're like kind of, you might be in bed with your wife and you're kind of falling, mm. you're fading out. Yeah. Like right. it's not, you're not even like doing anything. You're just fading out. <laughs> you're right? tired, obviously. You're tired. You've been working been all months. day because this, this shit ain't on on the weekend. So no, you're, not, no, uh, it's you're, not. you're not late. Right. <laughs> like you're like, oh man, work. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Oh, fudge. Yeah. That darn Anderson yeah, account. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you just, you just want to, maybe your wife's reading a book and you're, you're just like, Ugh. she's reading a book. And you're like yeah. passing out. And you just want to hear someone giving you some topical funnies about the news of the day, maybe some music some comedy you don't want to pay attention too much you want it in the background of your yeah, mind exactly the background of your mind i think that's where this night show live for a lot of people it's you know true. what i mean you absorbed it more Comfort than you experienced food. it yeah and johnny carson was the one that appealed to people according to nbc and the gambit they took on him was 100 percent correct because anyone that knows anything about late night television whether you even got to see the guy on tv and i did i mean well he was mm-hmm. still doing it in our age of cognizance and yep. i saw him Johnny Carson was the juggernaut. How many of you read in the paper today the American Heart Association's latest guidelines to diet? No, they didn't. They didn't say that alcohol was bad for you. They said, as a matter of fact, a little bit is okay, but you should limit, according to the American Heart Association, your alcohol to less than two beers a day. Now, Ed uses more than that to gargle. I think my experience with Johnny Carson personally is like I thought of him more like he seemed to say things that were that what people were thinking at the time. Yeah, topical. He used to make jokes about like, you know, Central Park and how dangerous it was and things like. How dangerous was it? I I just mean to say is like he he had a pulse of like what. You know, yeah. regular people were kind of talking about back then, right? That was part of the appeal. Like, I know that's just one topic, but you know, he would make he would make cracks about that stuff. He had a unique ability to seem like one of us, but also untouchable, right? And on yeah. another plateau, and mm-hmm. it was very, very good what he did. And Carson's Tonight Show quickly became the place to be for Hollywood, for the very showbiz aspect of it. Obviously, we know Ed McMahon, his sidekick and announcer, became became a big name because of it also. Right. Did Star Search, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't Publishers Clearinghouse, it was the other one, but the other Clearinghouse yeah, and one. That's, that's another thing about Carson that is overlooked. He had like, a sidekick and he had like recurring yep. people that would come on like Joan Rivers and stuff. Joan Rivers. Uh, you know, yeah, you know what? That's a great point, Quinn. His show... Very much represented in 70s, schlocky, 80s, like Hollywood, like Buddy Hackett, Don Rickles, yeah. the Rat Pack. I mean, the other aspect is that his show is a little unpredictable. This is this didn't really happen. I'm I'm more thinking of there's an SNL sketch where they like clip back and the Johnny Carson show, and it's like deep in the 70s or something, yeah. they click back. And Chris Farley is just on with somebody dressed like Johnny Carson and he's wearing like a beret or something and he's just ah and then he just starts pissing his pants and like <laughs> it just and it's even filmed in like a globby like like schlocky almost yeah. so so it just seems like this weird fever dream of just like people just drunk and laughing <laughs> and like like right. that's the ambiance and feel of Johnny Carson that like it's wild it's unpredictable you don't know what's gonna happen but he's also kind of nice and you like him and like it's just weird here's another clip this uh, this is a clip from 1972 this is Burt Reynolds Dom DeLuise and myself and we just got a we got a little silly some nights you just go off I don't know what started it but things got just a little weird anyway just watch your monitor and let's let's take a look
Carson was like, was truly like one of a kind, the way he yeah. held court on that show. Yeah. He would have some of the biggest names, again, in old showbiz. And I'm not saying that to be derogatory, but like, you know, Don Rickles is not a name that many people would associate with like the 90s and 2000s, mm-hmm. even though he was doing like fucking Toy Story and right. all, you know, voices. Yeah. But Don Rickles was a huge name in the 70s and he mm-hmm. was on all the time. Uh, the guest host that Carson started having, because Carson, a very shrewd man, he wanted to cut down the workload. So Mondays became guest host time so in the 70s. freaking clever. He's he so knew, clever. He knew they would never fire him. Well, he knew he had that job until he said he didn't have that job. Here's the deal with Carson. Yeah, yeah you're 100 percent right. By 1972, he had enough pull, or 71 actually. The guest host started. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not working Mondays anymore. Yeah, it's like, you know what? No, it's gonna be someone else. And it was Bob Newhart. Sometimes a lot of different comedians. I think that's a great idea. Brilliant yeah, idea because it changes it up, and it also light- lightens your workload. Yeah. Eventually, he got it to the point, and I believe it was the in 80 he's like Fridays are the best of Carson just put together clips I'm doing I three days a week I swear he's there like two days a week <laughs> yeah, it's or three, some it's shit three. Yeah. you're right you're right like, brilliant though yeah brilliant but why did Carson matter the monologue was always topical always fresh mm-hmm. and again there was no other show on television like it where somebody's commenting openly about the current events daily yeah daily, daily. yeah and not only that the showbiz aspect. It just seemed like a big deal. And this is why, you know, we talked about Roseanne several episodes back on talking about how going on Carson was a make or break for comedians. Yeah. How many comedians made their name there? Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld. Everyone always knows right. that Seinfeld, one. Seinfeld, Roseanne, Ellen DeGeneres, Drew Carey, a guy by the name of Jay Leno, a guy by the name of David Letterman. Yeah. And we'll be getting to them. So Carson's show was a big deal. He moved it out of New York in 1972 to Burbank, which yeah. was kind of laughable yeah, this, at the this time. This was very controversial. <laughs> it was. Like, because a lot of I know a lot of people I've heard this before is that it felt like, oh, he's not really on the pulse anymore. He's over in Hollywood. Yeah. And, as people thought of it as like, oh, he's over in showbiz land. He, yes. doesn't, he doesn't know what's he doesn't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> yeah, in Burbank. Yeah. Uh, but it stayed in Burbank. Well, the Jay Leno era, it stayed. It stayed, it, it stayed in Burbank, it, it yeah. Did. And, and that, Conan. Like, again, that was a point of contention. Yes. it seemed out of touch because, Burbank. you know, if, if you're not from America, like New York has this weird, like, the pulse of America kind of, yeah. like, vibe to it. You know, whatever. It may not even be true. But B.O. It, of America, yeah. maybe also. I'm just saying. It's like, it, it does it does <sighs> add a, a, an element of excitement to the show. It does. You're right, Quinn. Uh, in 1980 is when it finally got scaled back. It was, remember, 145, then 90 minutes. Jeez. Carson again with his pull. I'm doing one hour. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this 90-minute shit. It's a little long. And they were going to bend over backwards twice for the guy. Yeah. They could. He, you have to remember, folks, no one, there was nothing to compete against. No, like, other channels didn't run they late even, night programs. They didn't even attempt to. How could you? I mean, like. Until there, later. There, until later. But, I, like, Merv Griffin had a show and yeah. Dick Cavett had a show. But these didn't, Mike Douglas, mm-hmm. these didn't compare to Johnny friggin' Carson. It's true. This is the set from the old Merv Griffin show. They must be throwing it out. <laughs> This stuff belongs in the Smithsonian. Yeah, at least in the dumpster behind the Smithsonian. In 1991, for as a little footnote, is when it went to 11.35 due to the local affiliates wanting more news time, in case anyone was curious oh, okay. why it went to 11.35. Yeah, most of my life, the news was on at 11. Correct. One of Carson's big contract stipulations is he wanted control over the show that would follow him. And in October of 1973, and we will be getting a letter, letter man, if you're getting nervous, okay, don't worry. 
This all builds, folks. It's necessary. It's very necessary. In October of 1973, a brand new show was installed right after Johnny Carson, known as the Tomorrow Show, because after all, it's not tonight anymore. It's tomorrow. That's true. It's after midnight. And the host of the show was not a comedian. He was a former newsman by the name of Tom Snyder. And Tom Snyder's Tomorrow Show, which ran from yeah October of 73 until December of 81, if you're keeping track, okay, about an eight-year run. This show, if you've ever seen clips of it, is a very intimate one-on-one, no studio audience, no monologue. Of them. He would make jokes. He was a funny guy, eccentric fella, Tom Snyder, big white hair, dark eyebrows. We have but one guest with us this morning. He is one of the most uh, notable personalities of the last 40 years in this country. His name is Jimmy Hoffa. He interviewed people. That's what he did. He would come on and he would interview people the whole show. John Lennon probably be probably his most notable interview because they replayed it after uh, Lennon's death. Right. It's like I think I think I've seen that one. Seen that one. I've seen that one CG'd into stuff. Th- there you go. Yeah. Right. Yes. Where is that in Forrest Gump or something? It's something like something that. Like, like that, right? somehow Forrest is there. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. And I was there. Yeah, um, he's always there. <laughs> he interviewed Kiss. He interviewed politicians. All sorts of people. Totally different than Johnny Carson's Tonight Show. No audience, no fanfare, middle of the night mood. Like, would you say that this because it like the newsman aspect of it is kind of like a weird precursor to like Nightline, for example, or sixty or, or Ted Koppel, or like twenty no, twenty, like do, something like that. That's maybe, maybe yeah. it's almost like an amalgam of a Ted Koppel style show, but it's not heavy, right? And a late night show. It's not talking about the war in Chechnya or anything right. like that. No Chechnya, yeah. but also no no Ed McMahon. Right. No Doc Severinsen in the band and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No gotcha. Sammy Davis doing walk-ons. And it was a successful show. Maybe polarizing, but very successful. However... Uh, we came on the air very quietly back in October of 1973, and I want us to go off the very same way. I thank you for the good times and for the ride, and I'll be right around the corner. George, a slow fade to black. Thank you all for watching, and good night, everybody. Tom Snyder left at December of 81. Now, Carson still retained rights over what would come after The Tonight Show, right. so he was particular about this for his own interest and for the interest of the overall franchise. I'm guessing it was just some kind of veto power. Like, he wasn't involved in, like, you know, people producing the, no. like, what... what would be there, right? He was allowed to stipulate certain things. Yeah, yeah. like veto. Uh, basically, basically, like, like veto we're going to put this show and he'd be like, no, okay, what about this show? Like that say, kind of situation. Yeah. Yes, but you have to do this or right, don't yeah. do this. Yeah. So he had had a guy by the name of David Letterman on his show uh, as a comedian, a stand-up, and as his guest host a bunch of times in the 70s and into the and 80s. David Letterman was young. I think that that should be noted here. David Letterman was in his 30s at this right. point in 1981. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is David Letterman. Welcome to The Tonight Show. Now, before we actually begin the show, there is something that I should say. Uh, it's just kind of a little nuisance. Uh, you may have read about it. There's a little health problem here in Los Angeles, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, trivial uh, by comparison to other things. But the NBC nurse here did want me to ask you folks, how many of you are here for the free brain fever inoculations? <laughs> and David Letterman was a stand-up from Indianapolis. We're going to talk more about him, but to briefly sum him up, he was very different than the stand-ups of the time in that he was more cerebral, more awkward, not quite like anti-humor, but almost, you know what I mean? I, also like college humor. College, You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, like, like even down to like he'd wear like sneakers with a suit. Yes. Like he felt like a, like some kind of like college friend. Yes. That, 
that that's pretty clever and makes n- cool quips. <laughs> like, that's a great way to sum yeah. him up, though, because he was definitely not stupid. He was yeah. a very very sharp man. Oh yeah, I mean the choice was definitely this this witty comedy, one hundred percent. You know more more cheers than some slapstick stuff. Correct, right? more yeah. than Three's Company. Yeah, let's than say. Three's Company. When you live alone, you find little shortcuts, little ways to save money. I don't I don't want to call them household hands, but. That's pretty much what they are. And I came across one this afternoon, just incredible. If you let those little globs of toothpaste harden in your sink, you know, no problem. They make a fine after-dinner mint. He was definitely um, a different type of comedian than Rodney Dangerfield. And that's not a disrespect to Rod. I love Rodney Dangerfield. But yeah. he, he was still set up in punchline, but it was much different. I feel like Letterman has that late 70s, early 80s, like quintessential clever comedian vibe to it. Yeah. Subversive. Subversive. Yeah. Like hip. Yeah. And and not, and willing to do some wacky stuff too. Absolutely. But kind of like winking at the camera kind of stuff. 100%. And guess what? NBC took notice of him. They said, we got to get this guy a show. So in 1980, he very briefly had from June to October a daytime talk show known as the david letterman show i've heard of this before 19 weeks around quinn yes good morning and welcome to the uh, television program here uh my name is david letterman and uh i'm just going to say one more thing about my haircut um you remember when you were in high school or something and you had like a big date uh, probably the best looking girl in north america and you went in that afternoon for a haircut and you came out uh, looking like a full-blown duck well it's one of those unwritten laws of science and uh, they have assured me that this will one day grow out and i'll be able to lead a normal productive life it was critically acclaimed but nbc and and it took a drubbing in the ratings and nbc wasn't happy with it it's daytime what do they think they're beating all my children what, what is this like <laughs> or uh, today or whatever yeah. was on at that point And Tom Snyder was very vocal. Speaking of Tom Snyder, remember from The Tomorrow Mm -hmm. Show, he went on Letterman Show and he's like, I think this is terrible. This is being canceled. NBC is stupid. I've seen that clip. Yeah. There you go. We're like, it's like, this is dumb. (laughs) Like, like, why why are you canceling this? Like, right? Television will be worse because this is canceled. This is stupid. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I I, I don't know. You know, with this show not being in this building, a little bit of television in New York is going to die. And we'll all be the poorer for that. And unfortunately, there are some people down the hall on this floor who don't recognize that then that's that's their but nbc put letterman on a retainer they knew his talent they didn't want to lose they weren't really firing him they were just like hang out in the back for a little like a year or something (laughs) right we'll figure it out and that he did because in february of 1982 we were introduced to the new replacement for the tomorrow show late night with david letterman and so it begins so it begins now late night with david letterman uh, the late night franchise still continues to this day as you guys know mm-hmm. conan took the baton then jimmy fallon thank you very much thank you that's very kind of you and welcome to our show it's late night and uh, i guess you know spring is just around the corner in new york city when the peacock girls start to molt it's a uh... but late night carson stipulated a few things you can't have a big band you can only have a small band, like a four-piece band. Carson stipulated that your sidekick, which is Paul Schaefer, the band leader in this right. case, can't sit on the stage with you, has to be far away. Has to be slightly different. Yep. It's, all, it's all protecting him. You notice it's protecting this, right? him. Yeah. <laughs> he also stipulated you can't book any of the guests that I book, such as 
Don Rickles, Buddy Hackett. But no offense, good. Exactly. Like, like, on, like, honestly, we do not need them, like, scampering over to the other <laughs> right, studio right. to tell the same jokes. Exactly, uh, Quinn. But Letterman's show had another edge. It was filmed in, not Burbank, but New York City. So it's actually hip. It's actually hip. And Letterman's show, and those of, we probably have people listening that watched it when it was on NBC. Not the CBS version, the right. NBC version. Any clips I've seen of it. Excellent. I, I, excellent club-like atmosphere, cult status, renegade. I mean, intimate. It, so, for example, one of the things it had was the, the Jerry Lawler, Andy Kaufman confrontation. There you go. Early on its run. Yeah. Early on its run. I mean, that, to me, set the standard for, like, wow, anything could fucking happen on this shit, right? Yeah. It's like a pro wrestler just punched a comedian in the face. Right. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's like, awesome. And Letterman was edgy. He was irreverent. He was not a nice interviewer the way Johnny Carson was. Right. He was actually notably combative in his interview style i don't know because i thought that i would never want to do this show with you now why <laughs> now let's let's explore this a little why because you thought i was uh, uh... an ass He did not kiss people's asses. He would do bizarre, absurdist, off-the-wall skits like wander over into the middle of tapings of stuff. He one time had a bullhorn and interrupted, I think it was the Today Show being taped like outside. Yeah. There's that famous clip. My name is Lawrence Grossman, the president of NBC News. This primetime program was my idea, and I'm not wearing pants. He was just willing to do anything, and I think he was a breath of fresh air for that time because 100%. people were just locked into like the only way to do late night is Johnny Carson. That's right. that's how you do it. And Dave's doing all this weird ass shit over on the uh, like right afterwards. And under the nice comfort of twelve thirty, where less people care. Yeah, where the less they can get away with it, less affiliate pressure, and, uh, and, every, all of it. And I'm sure NBC and Johnny Carson knew that. They knew. They were like, no, this is we want him to do this. We want him to do the off the wall stuff. He was the type of guy that maybe if you grew up, let's say you're younger than we are. We're in our mid-late 30s. Um, let's say you're listening to this, you're younger than we are, and you didn't get to experience this, but you did get to experience late 90s, early 2000s Conan. Yeah. It was the same vibe. Different style. Conan was different than Letterman. It absolutely same was the same vibe. People vibe. It's funny because Dave was the old man when Conan came along. Correct. But like Dave was like just ten years before was kind of doing the same thing. Yes. Like, and, and no one had done it. No one had done it. Yeah. Steve Allen came closest, but that was eons ago. Because they shifted later on, they shifted Dave into like the respected role, right? It was weird. Like he Yeah, the grizzled like, veteran role. Yeah, like they he 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 becomes like, oh, he's like Conan's grandpa or something. Right. Right. He's like what the hell? But Dave would do, he had guests on that no one would, but he had Art Donovan of the Baltimore <laughs> yeah. Colts was on his show like dozens of times just telling stories and being funny. Basically because he just is a weird dude. Yeah, he. but that's that, what that, Dave that, looked for. Yeah, it was just it, like some of these guests, they were like quasi celebrities and they were just weird. When I started, uh, you were a sissy if you wore a face mask. Yeah. And then after, <laughs> because of my face, you didn't have to worry about, you know. <laughs> So you, you, uh, got a, you, you got a good-looking face. You're, well, thank you, yeah. thank you, David. You, I don't know. I think you better get your eyes examined. No, no, you. <laughs> you know what he reminds me of? What Howard Stern was to radio, Dave was to late night. That's a great like, point. You know what I mean? And like it's around the, the same time. Subversive, weird, renegade, like yeah. shit. It, it, it's like guests that like nobody would ever book. That's, like, what, that's he did. what Howard would do too. He did it with music too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And you know what? One of Dave Letterman's most frequent guests 
in the 80s and even going into the 90s was another young comedian, younger than Dave, by the name of Jay Leno. And I see my mother get up, you know, oh, change the channel, oh. I said, Mom, where's the remote control? Oh, not here. I put it in the drawer, your father put it in the drawer. I said, why don't you, I said, why don't you use it to change it to you? So, gee, it might cause a fire. It's not gonna cause a fire, it's not a phaser. You know, she thinks that she aims in the TV and misses, she's gonna blow up the vase on the other side. And of course, my father, you know, he comes and I put it in the drawer there to save the batteries. You save the batteries, you put it in the I said, save the batteries. Five year batteries, you're 77. If you outlive the batteries, I'll buy you another set, all right? Now, Jay Leno, again, if you're younger than we are, or maybe you've forgotten, Jay Leno, a lot of people associate with like, hey, I somebody did the Tonight Show here and Conan or whatever. Or cars or whatever. And I'm fixing my cars and where am I? Hey, maybe And, you know, kind of corny, kind of for your parents. Yeah. It was, it was always hard for me to understand what was so special about this guy, but fuck did NBC love him. I mean, they were grooming this guy. Like, they, yes. they thought he was the best shit to ever fucking happen so in the he, 80s. And there's a reason for that. And part of it is very much deserved. Jay Leno had gotten into comedy. God, he was born to do comedy. I think he started in the late 60s when he was like 18 or 19. Right. He's three years younger than David Letterman. And Leno worked his way all the way up to the Comedy Store, which was a very famous c- club out in L.A. Like prestigious. Prestigious. Yeah. Newsmen always say things like... Uh, Americans were shocked today when they learned. Let's face it, nothing shocks this country anymore. They should just tell the truth. The world came to an end today. Most Americans couldn't give a shit about the whole thing. Give me a hamburger and some gasoline. And one of the people he worked with in that same class, so to speak, at the comedy store was David Letterman. Mm -hmm. And Leno and Letterman were very good friends. And David Letterman has gone on record, and to this day, to like this recent day, to say that Jay Leno is the funniest and best comedian that he's ever seen. And I will say, and I'm happy to say, that I think is the funniest guy I've ever known. Just flat out, if you go to see him do his nightclub act, just the funniest, the smartest. I'm saying this just to make sure we properly set the table, because again, a lot of the reputation of Leno the last 20 years is the the kind of fat, out of shape, out of place, like, guy. The fall from, like, being right. on the pulse. Like, yeah. Like poorly interviewing Naomi Watts or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, tell me about this. <laughs> you know, and talking to Kevin Eubanks. And just lame. Less lame. Co- less cool. Much le- No cool. No, no cool. cool. Yeah. And I'm sure I, a lot of our audience, in fact, I, I, thinking of one leg man in particular, one leg day guy in particular, would probably come out and say, Jay Leno was fucking lame lame or something right <laughs> yep and yeah he was if you were a teenager in the 90s and 2000 yes yeah i liked letterman even later on right, like because right. I, I could just you could just see the difference like it was like night and day even even when when letterman was like older i could tell he was just better different tact yeah different style. just completely different completely different but jay leno was a comedian's comedian and there are so many that have been influenced by him just to give one name Jerry Seinfeld, right? Hugely influenced by Jay Leno because Leno was doing the type of observational kind of like doesn't this annoy you type of humor yeah. well before a lot of people were. Not the first, but one of the most prominent. I'm watching TV. I see an ad for Grecian formula. The man in the ad has white hair. The next day, he has black hair. Nobody seems to notice this major phenomenon. He goes to the office, 
Secretary says I look younger. The boss wonders if I've lost weight. Here's a company gonna wind up on the Fortune 500, huh? It says right on the bottle, no one will know you're using it. If nobody knows I'm using it, why am I paying for this shit in the first place? And Leno had an up and down career in the 70s, but by 82, guess who came calling? His old friend Dave Letterman. Why don't you come on the show? And Jay Leno was on the show so many times between like 82 and 88, 89 regularly. The golden boy, baby. The golden boy. Yeah. But the reason he was on so much, not just because of the friendship, because they were good friends, because that was the highest rated episode oftentimes when Jay Leno would come yeah, on. Yeah, that's interesting. Now I want to give you guys, we're going to do a quick listen in here. I brought a clip along with me. I'm going to give you guys a very quick sample of what Leno's material was like in the mid 80s. This is from 84 when or 85 cool. when he was cool. And even if it doesn't age that well to you now, I understand, but you have to remember audiences weren't accustomed to hearing this type of ranting funny shit on mm-hmm. a regular basis. A lot of Dave's guests were awkward and Dave would have to pull a lot of humor out. He would set up Leno, Leno would just let rip and Dave would legitimately laugh and it's some of the best late night stuff that Dave did. Take a listen to this one. Uh, now tell me about your, uh, as always, Jay, uh, I'm sure you came fully prepared, what's fully armed. Beep? What's, what's your beef? What's me? What's riding me? Yeah, what's under these your skin? TV personalities. I'm sorry. These spokesmen for these products. You seen this guy, Chris Roberts for VIX? Huh? I'm not a doctor. Oh, yeah. Although I play one on TV. <laughs> not a doctor. Hey, pal, I seen your show. You're not even an actor. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> He's actually cool here. And there's more wonderful folks down there at 7-Eleven. You seen their ad? They show the guy getting up, driving to work on his way to work, has his first hot cup of coffee at (laughs) 7-Eleven. What a terrific home life this guy makes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you go to any other store, they have a sign, have a nice day, come again soon, thanks for shopping here. 7-Eleven's got that little sticker, put it back, thief. (laughs) (laughs) And you walk in, they got $10,000 worth of cameras watching 20 bucks worth of Twinkies. (laughs) And they always say, they always say, they care about people. Give me an idea how much they care. You ever go into 7-Eleven, they have their handicapped parking across the street. <laughs> actually, actually, this is the best time to go to 7-Eleven. Anytime after midnight, then it becomes like a Fellini casting call. This place. You know, all sorts of trolls and mutants wandering through the aisles. People with no birth records of any kind. You know, they, they always have some sort of a druid slumped over the register there. And there's always that nest of junkies festering in the cookie aisle. You ever shine a light down a cookie aisle at 7-Eleven after midnight? It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. They all scatter there. All the Malamars broken into it. I saw a five-pound bag of sugar sucked dry in there. I said, you know... See, and you've never seen that clip, I've right? never seen that clip, and okay, a couple of things, because we're on a podcast, you can't see- You can't he see actually it. actually looks cool. Yes. He's got like, uh, he's, first of all, he's not fat. No, he's, he's not. Like, he's, got, he's like slim. He's got the dark hair. <laughs> he's got the dark hair. The Harley Davidson shirt. All, he's wearing all black, so he looks really cool. Motorcycle boots. But, he, yeah, you're right, it's like Seinfeld humor. It's yeah. just like observational, like, you Rant- ever see 7-Eleven? Yeah. It was a mess. Ranting, though, yeah. like, and this is what he did Almost every Why time he was on we the get this show, man? that would that became a big problem. Yeah. Exactly. So I just wanted to. I felt necessary to do that because I know the rep that Jay Leno has these days. Right. Well, now, now I think it's calmed down because he's like old and shit, and he like almost died twice recently. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Burns and then a motorcycle accident. But anyway, this raised Leno's profile, being on David Letterman's Late Show. But let's go back to the Tonight Show here. 
And okay. yes, we are getting to the war. Don't you worry. We're, the war is brewing as we speak. Ready? To, it's almost there. It's almost there because in 1986, Joan Rivers, who had regularly been the Monday guest host for Johnny Carson's Tonight Show since 1983, here's Joan Rivers. She took a deal for a brand new Fox late night show, the brand new Fox oh, network. And so it begins the actual competition. competition. I, I don't think Johnny Carson was expecting that. No, and he certainly wasn't expecting his regular guest host to do it without consulting him. He never forgave her, uh, which is sad. It's kind of bull crap. It, 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 it's all sad. The Late Show starring Joan Rivers. So the team of Gary Shandling, you've probably heard of him, Larry Sanders show, or it's Gary Shandling show, the other one. And guess who? Jay Leno hmm. are both brought in to rotate the Mondays as guest hosts in 1986. And now, here's Jay Leno! By 1987, though, Gary Shandling decides, makes the tough decision. Do I focus on this, or do I focus on my brand new show, It's Gary Shandling's Show? And he decides to focus on his own show, leaving Jay Leno as the sole guest host of The Tonight Show starting in 1987. It's interesting to see what Joan Rivers doing that. All of a sudden, the comedians were like, we don't have to wait for Johnny Carson to retire. Right. You know what I mean? Like a, like a light bulb went off. 100%. Like this guy doesn't need to control everything. Yep. Like he was. I mean, he really was. He was. He was a juggernaut, like yeah. you said. He and, really and, uh, was. With all due respect, I understand why, you know, why and everything, <laughs> yeah. but... It came a point. The guy was hosting it. How long were we now at this point? Like 20 25 years? years? Yeah, like, come on. Like, th- it's ridiculous. Like, Well, Fox thought the same thing because even though the Joan Rivers show failed horribly, horribly. Right. But, uh, she, but you know what? All credit to Joan Rivers for trying. She tried. Like, honestly. Like, I, even if it failed, like, that, it clearly needed to happen because look at the effects on the industry. Correct. Right? Like, yeah, 100% competition. Even if it, even if it like, it, did, it wasn't about succeeding. It was about doing it. And they, she did it. She did it. Yeah. And one of the people after she left the show or was told to leave the show, I can't remember, who guest hosted it briefly was another young comic by the name of Arsenio Hall. And Arsenio Hall's spots impressed people so much that he got his own syndicated late night talk show. The Arsenio Hall Show. Yes. And this was groundbreaking at the time. This was huge because for the first time, we had a late night show with a young host, the younger crowd, the college age crowd, right. even more so than Letterman. Arsenio was as hip as it got. He was the yeah, coolest. Yeah. Like it was like point. it does not get pulse of the people like right. guy who's really young and knows what young exactly. people want to hear and laugh at and stuff. So I'm driving here this morning from Cleveland, and uh, <laughs> and I had some thoughts, things that went through my mind. You know, these aren't jokes. These are things that kind of make you say, hmm, your thoughts. <laughs> you know, Jaguar just announced they have a new car that sells for $587,000. Can you believe that? What could a car have for five? I mean, is, is Janet Jackson in the trunk of this car? <laughs> Their new slogan would be, this is definitely not your father's Oldsmobile. So his syndicated show, again, I want to stress syndicated that wasn't on a network. I think Fox usually had it in our area. Mm -hmm. I think they picked it up, but syndicated show. Arsenio was hottest period. It was on until 94, but his hottest period was 89, 90, 91, like Mm -hmm. the turn of the 80s into the 90s. 
But there was another unexpected form of competition. Now CBS was throwing its hat into the game in what, 1989. What CBS. <laughs> and when you're thinking, Quinn, when yeah. you're thinking late night, a guy that can compete against Carson. And Arsenio. Right, right. <laughs> An established comedian. You, of course, think the host of Wheel of Fortune, Pat Sajak. <laughs> yeah, this weirdness. Uh, welcome aboard the uh, Pat Sajak show here. In the unlikely event of a bad joke, oxygen masks will drop from the ceiling. So don't worry about a thing. Everything will be fine. In fact, here they come now. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. It's so weird. Listen, I love Pat Sajak. There's nothing against Pat Sajak, right? He's fan- He's actually fantastic. He's, great well, he's still going. He he he. To me, he's like an Iron Man. Like yeah. right. It's like he just he, he never plastic. He, I think he ain't gonna right. stop till he dies. Probably right? not. Like, like he is amazing. Right. But but <laughs> late night. I don't think of Pat Sajak as a comedian. I think of him as like a wholesome like right. oh it's oh uh, Pat Sajak. It's like uh, you know I just ate my dinner and you know him and Vanna <laughs> are gonna play the game with the contestants. And someone's gonna say something stupid. Yeah, and Pat's gonna like very like bluntly move on. Right, like like, like in a kind of humorous manner. Like he's quippy, but that doesn't qualify you to yeah. compete against Johnny Carson. Like, don't get me wrong, Pat Sajak can be funny. Yeah, but but it's, quippy. It's it's more like. You're stupid. Like, that kind of funny. Like, right. it's like, wow, look at these doofuses. On the spot, dice spin. No. Uh, Shelby? Apparently, CBS had enough faith in him to give him a fucking 90-minute show. To be fair, the, what I learned about Pat Sajak... 90. Yeah, I know, it's ridiculous, but it seems like Pat Sajak, just, just by virtue of seeing clips where he, like, walks on other sets and stuff, clearly people love this fucking He's guy, fine, right? Like, right? He, yeah. he was chummy with... Everyone, yeah, there like, were people like that it didn't them, matter yeah. what network, and maybe that's because his show was syndicated, so it was on wherever it landed. Right. So he kind of he had connections in every single one. He was affable, yeah. But you know what the problem is, and I've watched some of those on YouTube. You can find them, folks. You've never seen the Pat say. I remember when this happened. I was like four, but I remember it happening. Oh, see, I just didn't see this at all because he left the daytime wheel yeah. of fortune, not nighttime. He left daytime, so Bob Gowen came in. Well, for, first it was some other guy, Rolf Bernstrike. I mean, that could be another <laughs> podcast, like the history. It of will wheel. be. Wheel of Fortune's been on so damn long you really could make a history of it oh we'll do the wallery era we'll do all of it but anyway i remember pat sajak's show and i didn't watch it at the time obviously i was so young but you know what his biggest problem was he openly admitted he wasn't like trying to raise the bar he wasn't motivated he showed up he did his show and he left and if we know anything complacency does not breed success he was just like very professional about yeah, it but, right like, but that doesn't work yeah, yeah like you're not doing wheel you especially when there's competition right not only carson but now arsenio yeah nothing competes with wheel that's what pat sajax used to that's what he was good at yeah and you know the other thing that was the ultimate irony his show was only on until 1990 it did not last long but you know the ultimate irony is some of the CBS affiliates started bumping his show because remember stations can do what they want. What for Wheel of Fortune for Arsenio? Oh, okay. <laughs> that's even better. It's really good. I thought it'd be funnier if his if own other real. show got like bumping his show. That other... would be funny. Yeah. But meanwhile, in Carson Land over in Burbank, he's still dominant. Let's not get mm-hmm. carried away. Carson's still number one. Never wasn't, but. Yeah, we're starting to shift a little bit. A little bit of a paradigm. He's starting to Audiences be- are getting younger, Joe. Correct. <laughs> I mean, that's just the truth. That's what it is. He's, so he's starting to get that perception as the stodgy, old-school, showbiz establishment guy. And it sounds guy. like people are- the, the public's starting to get some awareness that this guy has some weird control over everything. Well, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure like, they knew that. That's yeah. a good point. Uh, and his audience that grew up with Johnny when he was cool in the 60s is now uh, old. And guess what? 
target demos uh, people go after. Not the old people. Especially for late night. They're going to bed. You know, they go for the early bird special. Right, and they're, they're tuckered out, they're, they're, man. They're, they're, they're out at 10. Like, they don't even make it to Carson. <laughs> they got to get up at 5 yeah. and walk around the Eat mall. Eat those McDonald's pancakes, right, baby. exactly. So, here's the deal. Letterman's still doing late night. You know, at this point, as we get into the 90s, this is going on 10 years at this point, doing late night very successfully. And Leno has been the fixture on Monday since 1987. I want to mention, there's a fantastic book and made-for-TV movie, uh, made-for-HBO movie called The Late Shift. About I've this seen that. Bill yeah. Carter's book. I've read the book, and we've seen the movie. Uh, whatever you think of the acting in the movie, I mean, Kathy Bates is tremendous in it and so is a few other people but uh the story is really well told there so if you want a full comprehensive deal on how we got here we can't rehash it all it's very complicated Mm -hmm. but the bottom line is this helen kushnick is the woman that is jay leno's manager and had been since the 70s and she negotiated a contract for jay leno in may of 1991 and the stipulation in that contract which was unprecedented is that Whenever it is that Johnny Carson steps down, whenever that is, mm-hmm. Jay Leno is the next permanent host of The Tonight Show. Right. Okay. So that's there, but that's like some independent contract, right? On the other hand, Johnny Carson, who's all controlling, wouldn't he have any fucking say in this shit? Not Jay Leno's manager? Apparently, yeah. NBC forgot to ask Johnny Carson's opinion. Right. Did, never did. And Never if, did. And considering Johnny Carson handpicked Letterman... To host this very particular show after him. Yes. The assumption, probably from Letterman, is like, I don't even need to negotiate. Obviously, like, I'm going to shift to here and somebody's going to take my show. In his heart of hearts, Letterman did want The Tonight Show as well. So they had this conversation. We had two two meetings, and and I finally said, This is great. I said, Have have you told, have you mentioned this to Johnny? And they said, Well, no, we we haven't mentioned this to Johnny. And I said, Well, you know, I, I can't have this conversation until you, I know that it's okay with Johnny. And that's the last I heard. And a lot of people in the public assumed, well, Letterman's got to be the heir apparent because he's been doing the show after. But other people made the same case. Well, Leno's been the permanent guest host already doing the show right. for four years, so why not him? So, I mean... But others would say, well, what about Joan Rivers and all these other sure, people, right? 100%. Like, yeah. So the point here is Helen Kushnick, you can read up on her, but not regarded as a uh, a nice person, let's just put it that way, a bit mm-hmm. of a ruthless business lady, uh, had a, mysteri- a mysterious story appeared in the paper right after Leno signed his contract that NBC wanted Carson out because of his declining ratings among the key demos and all this shit. Now, Carson naturally assumes that Helen Kushnick planted the story, Jay Leno swears he knows nothing of it. It didn't Me- come. It didn't come from us. Yeah. Meanwhile, the country's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? This is Johnny Carson. What are you gonna right. try to push him off the air? What the fuck is this shit?" Right. Exactly. So Carson <laughs> always having to be the one in control. At the May 1991 upfronts, this is like a week after Leno signed his contract. The upfronts is a meeting that NBC has with like all the fucking advertisers and bullshit to show off their new fall schedule. It's a bunch of jerking off in front of people, you I know, mean, seriously. Yeah, but also, that's I mean, what it, it is. It, though. it is important. I, I was it's su- important. And for I suppose for getting advertisers to be like, oh, we think this season's going to be good. Like it, it is important. It's for important, the network. but it's a circle jerk. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. At that May 1991 upfront, the secret surprise guest speaker. Introduced by Warren Littlefield, was Johnny Carson. Why not? Have the King of Late Night here. He's coming up on his 30th year the next year. Cool. However, Johnny Carson took it upon himself to 
unexpectedly and out of nowhere announced that he would be leaving The Tonight Show in exactly one year, May of 1992. After years of speculation, rumors, cocktail party conversations, and just plain old gossip, Johnny Carson has finally made it official. He is not going to stay on television forever. This stuns NBC. They he just had, dropped the bomb. Well, he's like, you want to fucking play games with me? You want to have stories planted? I'm leaving. Yeah. How about that? You know, that's basically what it was. Him controlling the situation. He controlled it, yeah. right? I'm not going to get forced out. I'm the one leaving. Yeah. Goodbye. Sorry for my poor Carson impression, but it's the best I can do. Anyway. I mean, that's a pretty baller move. My, my Carson impression? No, 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 no. John, what Johnny Carson did there. Because, it is. Because no, if you think about it, right? It is. It is it's quick. exactly 30 years. It's fucking perfect, right? It's like he's not going out on right. like, a, like a downer. And what the fuck else is he going to do, right. right? You know, like, honestly, if you're him, like, if they're starting to plant stories about me, fuck them. I'll, I'll just... I'll just I'll walk leave. away. Right. Like, I, I got 30 years. That's like, right. what else? You know what I mean? Like, I don't need the money. I made my millions. Yeah. Like, what, what is this? Like, I don't need to deal with this. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Leno, again, Leno really, truly, as far as anyone has been able to ascertain, really doesn't know what that, if the story was sure. planted by Helena. Yeah. That's what he says. <laughs> Letterman, of course, can't believe that Carson's stepping down. So, Leno's camp. Helen Kushnick in particular says, well, this is it. One year and you got the Tonight Show. Letterman's camp is like, hell yeah, we're going to get the Tonight Show. You right, know? because I mean, right. they didn't know about this secret, whatever the fuck this right. was, right? Rendezvous here. Yeah. This. But here's the deal. NBC already made their deal. They have to tell David Letterman this and they do. And guess what happens? Letterman says, I want out of my contract. Yeah, fuck this place. Like, I'm not going to stay here. Yeah. Right? There's no I, There's no way to move up. Right. Like, you're just trapping me. And NBC's like, no, you're not going to get out of your contract. How about mm -hmm. that? Which they have the right to say. And it is a contract, right? right? But they did give him the screw, they to gave, be fair. They, but here's Letterman's the on the moral high ground. Let's put it that way. No one is on the moral high ground, in my opinion, because he didn't say, I want the show. But one could say the on the other side, Joe, is that... Why would he think that he would need to say anything? He, he you know, it's, well, it's his expectation. I, that's that, a great you know, question. You know what I'm saying? Like it's he might, great might, have, might have never crossed his mind to a say. Great, you know what I mean? A great question, Quinn. Yeah. Here's my answer for you. There was no precedent. It isn't like now where everyone just assumes that the 12:30 guy gets the show. This never had happened before. There's no yeah. precedent, so there's no assuming. It's just like, well, I do 12:30, and NBC's mind. And they've made a lot of blunders in this. They made a lot of mistakes here. I mean, NBC's kind of stuck in the middle here, right? It, I mean, like, to be fair to them. In NBC's, like, one defense, there was no precedent. And if Letterman didn't tell them, hey, I want to do this or show. Or if Carson didn't tell them. Right. You know, and do we know that? Do we know he if Carson... He never was asked for his opinion, ever. Yeah, right. So they're just like, well, Helen Kushnick said Jay wants it. We signed him to it. Meanwhile, the rest Sorry. of America is like, who the fuck is Helen Kushnick? Well, well, that's, a whole different <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Uh, NBC finally allows uh, Letterman out of his contract. They, it's a whole back and forth that we're not going to get into the details. But I mean, honestly, considering the situation... I feel like it was only right that they right. let him out of it. Like, come on. Now, like, they wanted to keep him. Right. Because they wanted Leno at 11.35. They must have known Letterman. they fucked that up when they, they signed knew. this Helen Kushnick crap. They knew. Like, they knew they fucked up. Yeah. They looked horrible. NBC, yeah. it was a PR disaster. By the way, they had already been owned by GE since like 86, and that was disastrous mm -hmm. in its own right. 
NBC, despite what they were putting on in prime time, it, w- it was just better for them to let him go. It was. Yeah. So after Letterman had entertained pitches from Paramount, from ABC, from the syndicates, and from well, Paramount S- really went for it. You Paramount, uh, Brandon Tartikoff, whatever his yeah. thing was. Yeah, yeah, he was doing Paramount and CBS. And Letterman found the CBS deal as the most lucrative deal. But meanwhile, Johnny Carson's final Tonight Show was scheduled for May 22nd, 1992. Which, by the way, is like one of the most memorable episodes of television period ever. 100%. You people watching, I can only tell you that it has been an honor and a privilege to come into your homes all these years and entertain you. And I hope when I find something that I want to do and I think you will like and come back that you'll be as gracious inviting me into your home as you have been. I bid you a very heartfelt good night. Which would put Jay Leno's first episode uh, the following Monday, May 25th. And we're going to take a break, believe it or not. Going to cut it off like that, eh? When we come back, we will get into what happened when Leno took over the Tonight Show, what happened with Letterman, and then a little wrap-up of Leno versus Letterman. What do you guys think? What do we think? It's all coming. So right now, get yourself a snack, go to the potty, whatever you got to do. But we will be back for the thrilling conclusion of this late night war on more acid wash memories right after this i saw her today at the reception a glass of wine in her hand i knew she was gonna meet her connection at her feet was but loose man you can't Always get what you want. Hello, I've discovered Cool Ranch flavored Doritos. You know, if your mom's anything like mine, she likes to know exactly what goes into everything that you eat. So I thought I'd buy her some of the ingredients. There's delicious buttermilk. There's tangy tomatoes. There's zesty onions. Imagine creamy Cool Ranch seasonings and one heck of a crunch. Cool Ranch flavored Doritos brand tortilla chips. One heck of a taste. One heck of a crunch. See, I feel bad about my mom's car. Monday, the Tonight Show tradition continues, and everyone's getting ready for the week you'll always remember (laughs) with the biggest stars. Billy Crystal, Tom Cruise, Joe Pesci, Emilio Estevez, Sigourney Weaver, Mel Gibson, and more. Hear the new Tonight Show theme by Branford Marsalis. See it live as it happens when Jay Leno comes home to stay. Monday on NBC. Coming this summer, get ready for a whole new late night on CBS. Love songs. Nothing but love songs. Starting August 30th, same Dave, better time, new station. Order now and receive a handsome tote bag. Late Show with David Letterman. And now we return to more acid-washed memories. And welcome back to Acid Wash Memories. This is episode number 11. We're talking about Leno versus Letterman. I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn. Hello, hey, Michael. Uh, hey, uh, uh, this has been a fun time around here. It is. How it's, we a got fun, here. it's a fun little story. A tale. I think it's a great tale. Yeah. And uh, folks, we just want to remind you, we have other tales in the archives. You can check those out. Ten other episodes. And also, please follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast and join 
our Facebook group. But Michael Quinn, when we left off here, it was 1992 May, mm-hmm. to be exact. We left our late night heroes. Yeah, and Johnny Carson, the late night hero, left the airwaves for the, the last Superman, time. The Superman, if you will, of, of late night. He took Lois and he got the fuck out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> just, I'll let the I'll let whatever happens happen. Let the kids it, have I, the crumbs. It's not, you know what? Uh, I'm out. <laughs> so <laughs> going to play golf or some shit. Pretty like, much yeah. in Malibu. Uh, so we had Jay Leno taking over the Tonight Show. A, a new Tonight Show. No more Ed McMahon. No more, you know, Doc Severinsen. We had Bradford Marsalis and mm-hmm. Kevin Eubanks and all that in the band. And again, I want to make a point that Jay Leno was not uncool yet. Right. I just want to be clear about that. <laughs> you can't, extremely clear. You can't apply the la- the latter prevailing attitude towards Leno, especially during the Conan debacle. Mm-hmm. You cannot apply that to the early 90s. Now, okay, that being said, Joe. Yes, Quinn. Did this not leave a bad taste in some's mouth like you know some some fans mouths right maybe people expecting perhaps letterman to take the mantle i think people on the coast were right i think the east and the west coast were i think a lot of middle america who had grown accustomed to jay leno yeah. hosting mondays yeah they had no problem with it because they knew him on mondays that's you, true you just need to remember that it wasn't like leno came out of nowhere and was like forced his way into this his manager said hey jay wants the job when carson leaves carson's like i'm leaving yeah Here's i'm, I'm just saying the fact that the public kind of knew what was going on here you know there there had to be some kind of factor of like hey jay he's not really a legitimate host like you know but, but it, letterman thing, got screwed but the one thing i'm going to keep coming back to this because as much as i actually appreciate not that anyone's asked for my opinion i appreciate letterman as a broadcaster much more than i appreciate jay leno as a broadcaster yeah. in terms of a stand-up comic jay leno is a better stand-up that's comic. true i think most people would agree with that however however I'm not even defending Jay Leno. I'm just defending logic. There's no point where NBC said, hey, Dave, you're going to get the show. And then yeah. they took it back. I'm not saying like... I just want to be clear. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying... I'm just saying public sentiment. I don't care about what's right or wrong. I'm just saying what did people, I think, what did people think? I think it comes right? down to what I said. The yeah. people on the coast, yeah. especially the, the east, but also the west... They wanted Letterman, and mm-hmm. the Middle America audience, the Johnny audience, was already comfortable with Leno doing Mondays yeah. for years. But see, this gets interesting now because now you fragmented a once united like this is the late night show. Well, that, <laughs> like, you yeah, know. very good point. And Leno didn't use guest host, by the way. He was right. five days a week all mm-hmm. the time. So here's what happened: from May of 1992 until June of 1993, Jay Leno's Tonight Show went on the air. And right behind him came David Letterman with Late Night for one year. Just one television season and some change. But in the midst of this, Helen Kushnick went ballistic behind the scenes in 1992. So much so that NBC said, she's gone, Jay, because she became the executive producer. And Jay Leno, who had had a 20-something year relationship, professional relationship with Mm -hmm. her, finally had to bite the bullet and cut her off completely. So she started trying to control everything. But she figured, I, I achieved this, yes. right? This, this is my show. Right. You know? The, the bridges she burned and the people mm-hmm. she hurt and pissed off along the way. So the business basically kicked her out. Yeah. Essentially. Everyone yeah. ganged up and said, no more. No more. And Jay finally had to give in. And the crazy thing about all of this is Dave Letterman's still under contract, right? Still entertaining his offers, leaning towards CBS. With all the turmoil going on with Jay Leno's Tonight Show... And some talks in the ears of certain people. Again, I don't want to get into all of it. NBC made David Letterman an offer, finally, for The Tonight Show. But here was the provision. 
this is late 92, early 93, right? Mm-hmm. You can host it in May of 94 mm-hmm. <laughs> when Leno's contract expires. It's less money than you're going to make at CBS, blah, blah, blah. So they gave him the, like, we respect you, but this isn't what you want to do contract. Correct. Like, ba- yes. essentially. We're basically giving you the right to say no to it. Yeah, it's it's the respect. Respect, it's respect, the respect contract. And Peter LaSalle, who became Dave's kind of closest advisor, he was Johnny Carson's executive producer prior to that, he said, you're not really getting The Tonight Show if you wait until 1994. You're getting Jay Leno's Tonight Show. You're not inheriting Johnny's yeah, show anymore. Yeah, it's lost all the prestige. Correct. Because, like, you know, he he just isn't Johnny Carson. That's, he's just not. It, there's no way it could be <laughs> as good. He says that, yeah. even. I think it's fair to say, I'm no Johnny Carson. And Letterman demurs. He really wants to. I want the Tonight Show. Finally, gives in. And in January '93, he signs with CBS, who was trying to recover from the Pat Sajak fiasco in late night. It's funny to think Fucking that was even. Now. It's still funny to think that existed. Pat Sajak. Like, what it's are we doing? It's just a weird decision. It's a hilarious. We got to do a whole show on the Pat Sajak show. It'd be amazing. How many episodes is it? Even? It's on it like a year and a half. I mean, it's long <laughs> enough to do. But anywho. Letterman signs with CBS, well-publicized, yeah. press conference, all that. Uh, I, I guess what we'll do is uh, we'll take some questions, we'll take some uh, discussion on this, and then when we're finished, uh, Colin Powell will come out and update you on the bombing. So, <laughs> But he's still got to work with NBC until June of 93, and he does dutifully. He does it professionally. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Letterman has his last show for NBC in June. We wish him the best of luck at uh, CBS. I'm sure he will be a formidable competitor that will certainly keep us on our toes here and uh god bless him and his staff and good luck okay my first guest and jay leno knows what's coming the head-to-head because letterman's show is not going to be late night at 12 30 it's gonna be called the late show with david letterman mm-hmm. at 11 30 yep direct competition so this is very interesting to me yes because i think there was an assumption going into this by the general public Letterman's going to kick his ass because yes. he's not, he, you know, he cheated into this and yada, yada. He didn't cheat into I'm so Helen sick of whoever. hearing like, But it's like, just, legal. it wasn't unethical. Yeah, but I mean, like, Dave's got the experience. Dave's like, he's I, got the smarter comedy and blah, blah, blah. I know, and the, the reservations NBC always have were, well, he he's good at 1230. It doesn't mean he'll be good at 1130. Right. I'm just saying. I, I'm just playing both sides, I, Quinn. Well, I'm saying that Trying to be what nice. the expectations might have been. At the time. Well, the expectations in the the media and I think in the critics were that Letterman's going to kick Jay Leno's ass. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you. They were. They had to be. But it wasn't because Leno cheated himself into it. It's just because Letterman was viewed as a better broadcaster. Better host. Yeah. More funnier. Yeah. Not not a better stand-up comic, but like a funnier take on things. In that format. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a more, a hip. Yeah. But Jay had Middle America, and that they matter. Quinn. Yeah, it's true. They matter. The, damn the it, silent majority. Davidport, Iowa yeah, matters. Yeah. Damn it. And anywho, we have head-to-head competition for the first time, August thirtieth, nineteen ninety-three. And I got to tell you, folks, Letterman did change his act a little bit to make sure he was a little more eleven thirty ready. He wore classier suits, no more sneakers. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I still wish he brought the sneakers back. <laughs> no I, like, sneakers. I, I like the sneakers. No sneakers. Uh, still at Paul Schaefer. Yeah. And still did his fantastic cerebral remote bits and all the stuff that he did. He went to Taco Bell that time. Yeah, that was on that was on his CBS show. Yes. You know, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, all that here. Hang on a second. If you think about it, all I really did was take the summer off. 
Thank you very much. Welcome to the uh, show. My name is Dave, and I check this now with the CBS attorneys, and legally I can continue to call myself Dave. So I'm... But he just had a little bit more of an Elan, a little bit more of a flair about him, a little bit more of a Tonight Show about him that he could have had all along if they offered him the damn show. Right. So over the Tonight Show, Leno's like, yeah, the punchline, and Letterman's going to Taco Bell. Yeah. So the sensibilities so, are quite different here. So this is where the divergence happens. Are we are we fully in and like we're in the war, this, baby? This, we're in the war, right? I feel as time goes on, as attrition in this war, Letterman is the same. He doesn't lessen what he is. To, like you said, he adjusts a little bit, like the he does, suit or he whatever. He does adjust. Yes, he, he has a better a little, monologue. He's better with his interviews. He's more professional. There's still that. Dave's World aspect. To Don't it. bring up that show. I mean to say, is like, what is his co- production company? Dave's Worldwide Pants. Worldwide, yes. <laughs> World, there's a Worldwide Pants element to it that is just I can't put my finger on. It's even there in his classy mode. Yeah, I always enjoyed it more. And Leno, on the other hand, anytime I flip over to that, I I feel like I'm watching this glossy, it's corny, it's, right? This glossy, glitzy Hollywood. L.A. Lakers bullshit. <laughs> like it's like fuck this show. Well, and like you, I, I don't know. You in your own way, Quinn. You swung the hammer a few times and you did hit the nail on the head. Yeah, because that's what a lot of people felt. Because Leno, while he is a masterful joke teller, and yeah. he is, he is in yes. terms of the craft of stand-up comedy, he's one of the best at it's telling. It's not that he wasn't funny. It was just the show, like this it's, gloss. It's not there's cool. a gloss, yes. and I don't know what it. It's like shiny and the set's darker or something like i i don't know like it just never clicked with me and none of the other stuff that he ever really did on the show besides headlines is funny but that's not him being funny it's people sending in funny headlines dave had top 10 dave was a lot funnier a lot more acerbic a lot more appealing i think to the coast and we are on the east coast maybe you middle american fans out there like leno more the thing is is that the the leno we saw on letterman that was not the same guy. And that was the biggest problem. I'm so glad you brought yeah, it up. Who is like that guy's good? That guy, want, <laughs> he should have his own show. That's what, what they the thought. Fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? But that's not him. Right. Instead, he's like, look at my motorcycles. <laughs> like it's like, shut up. I don't care about this. You know? Oh, my motorcycle thing on my cough. But you're that's right, not though. funny. That, <laughs> no, it's not. Hey, we got John Melendez from Howard Stern and that new one alpha. But whatever the <laughs> you said it perfectly. And that is what turned off so many comedians about The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, is they're like, you used to be funny. Yeah, what happened? What happened to you? Yeah. And not that Jay was ever at a lack for like writing his own monologue and getting... You could tell he's holding it back. That's the worst part. He's got to be too broad. And yeah. no, there's no... All the edge was rounded off, and so right. was he. Mm-hmm. He didn't look cool. Not that Dave looked like Mr. Hip. But here's the deal, is <laughs> but that... you know what I mean. I think this is a correct assumption is that because Dave was already on NBC doing Dave for 11 years, by the way, theoretically, if he did take the tonight show spot, yes, it would be modified, but I I think we get worldwide pants. Dave would like in the tonight show, we would have gotten what we got on CBS. Yeah. It would have been the same thing. It would have been. The problem was that, they didn't offer it to him. Yeah. It, it's like, it's. I just want to be clear about that. It isn't like Jay Leno stole it from Dave. 
And what is well, he stole? Helen Kirschnick? But, or but no did. one stole it because yeah. it wasn't offered. Right, I it understand. It wasn't there to be stolen. I know. But if Letterman's people were as smart as Helen Kushnick, you never would have written that in. All I'm going to say is you're never going to convince me that she didn't pull one over. Like, but that's Hollywood, man. Yeah, that's what happens. I know. Dave's people didn't do it because he's like, I, I don't want to say that I want the Tonight Show. Do you know what I mean? It's Listen, they don't want the show. I know. I they under- don't get the show. I'm not saying that. It got stolen, but I'm saying I'm that... I'm just being fair in that aspect. I'm not saying that it got stolen, but I'm also saying that it got stolen. It like, more, it like morally but, stolen. Yeah, okay? yeah. Okay? Not yeah. legally, but maybe morally, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that yeah, fair to it say? Just didn't, it just didn't... It just, like, it's icky. Like, like, like Leno should be the one on CBS, right? Right, like, yeah. He, he should be the one getting another show. Yeah. But that's what would have happened, by the way. If... That was the whole little epilogue here. If Letterman would have signed that deal to host The Tonight Show in 94, mm-hmm. Leno probably would have just left right then and there. Went to CBS. Went to CBS, and they still would have been head-to-head on, right. the, on the same networks, just mm-hmm. the different networks. But anyway, you nailed it with the Leno thing. It's the biggest problem with Jay Leno's Tonight Show is while his monologue is always good, good, not yeah. great, what happened to him? He, he's totally different right he was edgy and yeah, hip he's so and uncool funny. he's so fucking uncool johnny carson was never even that uncool johnny was always cool yeah till the last day man mm-hmm. he just had a certain class about him i don't think dave was cool so much as he was just he's funny he's cool because he's still this weird comedy rebel ish figure Till the very end. Till the very end, yeah. Even as now, with that beard, that beard that he has that beard, is literally... That beard is quintessential Dave. Yep. That, that is like, it's it's awkward, it's weird, it's it's strange. And he only grew it because he wasn't on TV anymore. Right. <laughs> and and he and, and it, it's very Dave of being like, I ain't shaving this shit. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to host a show with this gigantic beard. <laughs> yeah, I don't care anymore. That's Dave. That's, that's Dave. That's the Dave Letterman that I expect. Yes. Some oddball. Yeah, and it's just... I mean, listen, to get into the ratings end here, we're going to wrap it up soon, folks. I know you probably found this scintillating, but I thought it was a good topic to do here, and it's near and dear to my heart. So from the time they went head-to-head, August 93, until about the summer of 95, Letterman handily beat Leno in the ratings, which I think says it all in terms of, yes, people like Dave more. That's true. Or at least the people that mattered, right? Mm -hmm. Now, for whatever reason, in the summer of 95... Leno had this interview, previously booked Hugh Grant on his show. Now, Hugh Grant, if you don't remember, folks, was kind of like on the rise as a movie star. Yep. I think he had just done nine months, might have been his most recent. Remember, yep. remember nine months? And, and then there was an incident. Then there was an incident before these became commonplace, where, yeah. of course, a celebrity has an incident. Yeah, before TMZ and right. all this nonsense. <laughs> right. yeah. he, was, uh, he was caught with a uh, prostitute and arrested, right? And this was a huge deal back then. <laughs> it's amazing and that- And he's British. No, because that's so terrible. Came compared to right. what, what the, you know, it's anything, it, anything Name that it. happens now. That's yeah. just like, you know, some misdemeanor. Yeah. It's like, who cares? Yeah. Like, it's not a bit. That would never be a bit. That'd be like, ha ha. It'd right. be a joke on Twitter for a day. <laughs> Nobody would even get even remember it happened. Correct. Past 24 hours. But back then it was a different time. This is 1995 we're talking about. But he had happened to be previously booked on uh, Jay Leno's Tonight Show. And to Jay's credit, the first question he asked Hugh Grant. What the hell were you thinking? (laughs) The applause that that got, and for whatever reason, that stuck with people, and it was literally from that point forward. 
until Jay stepped down for the first time, uh, which we'll get to in another episode. Yeah, I mean... We'll get to that. It's funny, the end of this war is just as explosive (laughs) as how it began. Yes, and we will do that one down the road. But until Jay stepped down the first time in 2009... He dominated yeah. 14 years straight after so Dave's two years. That, that turned the tide. Because I was still like Dave Letterman all the way, all the way through. Well, that's the thing, Quinn. So the war as it is really was kind of dormant. I mean, yes, Letterman would continue to take shots at Leno, especially during the Conan fiasco in, mm-hmm. the, in the 2000s. In a good nature, as much as people want to think that they hated each other. No, they weren't at each other's throats or anything. Both men in recent interviews readily admit that they're friends. They yeah. like each other. And I do still think Jay and I are friends. I, I was, Would he think so, too? I think so. Really? I think so. I mean, It's comedy and it's show business. It was, it was totally a business thing. But it made for interesting, you know, an interesting situation. Yeah. Because it was a lot of, like, behind-the-curtain stuff. And so it was, much. I think it did strike a nerve with people. They thought there's something not right about that. There was right. people, yeah, and I, I think that's a normal reaction. They you know what I mean? Dave had been dealt a, a bad hand. Yeah, it's a very touchy subject. Not for them anymore. They're in their seventies and they're over it. They don't care, and they have millions of dollars. Yeah. They did in the nineties. They, they both made tons of money. They're fine. Yeah, for fans, it's touchy because you like to root for the underdog. But here's the interesting part. Who really was the underdog? That's the thing to me is what's what was always so weird about this. Dave shouldn't have been the underdog. No, he's the one that's been on the network for 11 years straight. But weirdly, he became the underdog because of Helen Kirschnick or whatever. Kirschnick, yes. Kirschnick. It's almost like he was plucked out of the, the favorite into the underdog position just abruptly, and that's what's so strange about it. Through business maneuverings, not of his own talent. And NBC, like I've said, they they blundered a lot in the way they handled this. They should have never let that contract get signed. They wanted to keep Leno because, again, they thought they were keeping the Jay Leno. Yeah, they never even got what they wanted out of it. They didn't, but they also did because they got the ratings. So, and this is where the dichotomy comes in. Yeah. NBC is in this to make money, not to get critical acclamation. And they never did with Jay Leno's Tonight Show. Yeah. Letterman won the Emmys. Right. Letterman was the critic's favorite. He had that. I'm telling you, Joe, I swear some of these ratings are just people who fell asleep at the end of ER or some shit. Like, <laughs> like, 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 come on. I mean, the Nielsen ratings don't, yeah, they don't have any way to detect if you're watching or not, <laughs> yeah. just if your TV's on. It's like, I'm, I'm just thinking that, oh, and then Jay Leno's on next, and like, and the guy's just like, <laughs> you know, it, it was Bill Clinton had a physical today, and the doctor said yeah. that his uh, cholesterol is finally as low as his exactly. IQ. You yeah. know, that type of thing. You like that joke? Yeah. I just made that up. But, uh, I, you know, part of that, because NBC did have a killer ass lineup in the 90s. The killer ass, yes. Yeah. Must see TV must Thursdays, see, yeah. when It became musty TV mm-hmm. Thursdays. Shut up. Sorry. Anywho, but whoever you pick, what's interesting about this period of time. It was the first time it happened. Now, we're in an age in 2023 when we're recording this. So like, who the fuck watches the entire late anything show? You just find yeah. a, a two-minute thing on YouTube, maybe, 
if you yeah. want to see something. It I don't a, even remember to turn it on anymore. I don't watch like, it. I, I fall asleep to like Twitch streams or whatever. Yes. Yeah. I fall asleep, as we all well know, to old things, uh, yeah. maybe Yankee games. Yeah. Sometimes Leno and Letterman there's on a, each other's there's shows. There's a lot of nonsense on it late night these days like whatever you, yeah jimmy what, fallon's yeah, one of them i'm just saying whatever you like that you don't have to pay much attention to like i said a twitch stream because your it's just, wife it's just some people some I'm playing kidding. some person playing a video game and like you don't have to pay attention right right or like some old thing that you've seen a hundred times like an old yankee game yeah, or something it's like yeah. and because of like on demand and all this you know i, I don't really have the interest to care about some comedian commenting that some politician did some shit today yeah because it's just old hat at this point but it was new hat it was very new hat in the the 90s quinn yeah the hat was brand new it was and uh leno obviously won the ratings battle letterman won the critics battle so they both won in the way but you know who really won and i'm not being cliched (laughs) the fans the fans won because when Prior to this, had there been two quality programs on head-to-head that you could flip back and yeah. forth from? If Jay's doing a stupid segment you don't want to see, you see what Dave's doing. If Dave got some musical guests you don't like, maybe Leno's got a good There's one. There's only two losers in all of this, Joe. Helen Kushner? No. No. Arsenio Hall and Pat Sajak. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat Sajak didn't need this to be a loser, yeah. Quinn. But uh, yeah, Arsenio's show fizzled what out. What happened? Like, Arsenio... That's to, he just kind of fizzled out. He like fizzled they're, out they're in the just, 90s. all of a sudden he just didn't exist anymore. Yeah, well, remember he did a comeback like ten years after. Uh, yeah, but ten nobody, years ago that, that was just like it was a, horrible. It was just like a novelty. It like was it was bad. just like oh, that's like I think everyone watched it. Like it was like oh, this is so neat. He's back, and then like nobody <laughs> cared afterwards. Like it was like they should have just done like a one episode thing. Like, know. You know, because that's all everyone just wanted to see him on the old set. It doing, was good. That doing was good. doing the thing right. Have a couple guests. That'll be fun for a night. Right. He should have like, like a Bob Hope special yeah yeah three times a year yeah people would tune in because he's good i like like arsenio that's the thing it's just like they did not need to start a new arsenio hall that was was a bad idea very bad uh pat sajak did okay yeah Uh, joan rivers did as well joan rivers did just fine remember when she and her daughter started hosting that show and it was kind of funny yeah we used to watch it when we lived in that house it was fun it was good anyway the point we're trying to make here with all this is uh it was good for the uh, it was good for the advertisers. Tell you that much. Oh yeah, and it was they had two shows to advertise on that were highly rated. Exactly, and it was good for Letterman and Leno and their pocketbooks. Mm-hmm. And it was good if you were a viewer of Late Night because you had choices. At least if you liked both guys or could tolerate, yeah, you know both guys. If one's bombing, you can switch to the other one. Exactly. Maybe you like Leno's monologue more, but you like Dave's next piece more. You know, right. you had options. And folks, I, I don't, I'm going to put up a down and dirty poll. Uh, Travis Voltz, remind me if I forget. I'm going to put up a down and dirty poll on Facebook, Leno or Letterman, in terms of The Tonight Show. I highly doubt Leno wins I that. think it's uh, going to be about 98% Letterman. <laughs> yeah. And I understand. Just to make my preference clear here, better broadcaster, better humorist and absurd yeah. wit and more- I even like a sidekick better. Sarcastic. I don't like Paul Schaefer. You know, I don't. Oh, Dave. Eh. I don't like any of them. Oh, I don't mind. Well, Paul I don't like Shaper. Kevin Eubanks, but yeah. I don't like Paul. Eh, yeah, eh. Stupid. Shut some, up, both of them. Some lovable about him. He's just a weird. He dude. is lovable. I yeah. like him in real life. I don't yeah. like him on the show. He comes over for dinner all the time. Yeah. Nice guy. Yeah, he, we but, we had him the other day. Yeah, yeah, great guy. But I like Letterman as like a TV show host more. He's a. F- Me too. He's just a witty, funny, absurd. His humor resonates more with me. But I do think like vintage Leno. Is very very funny. The Vintage, problem is we never got that on. on very the rare. It didn't exist. It would only c- creep out like occasionally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. vintage Leno. Yeah. 
he had some good bits, like the headlines. <laughs> the and fact that it was already vintage by the 90s. That's the problem. That is the problem. And he also just suddenly looked shitty. Yeah. Like, he had, like, the shitty hair. Like, it was Eric too... Bischoff or something. <laughs> yeah, like, was... when he was old, but in the 90s. Like, it was weird. Remember when he wrestled? Yeah. That wasn't cool either. Yeah. But remember he had, like, the long, floppy mullet in the 90s? And it's, it's all bad. He's puffy. It's yeah. just like, what are you doing? I don't know. Where's the cool guy, the Miami Vice the the, Jay? The Miami Vice in the cowboy boots. <laughs> Yeah. Like fucking Harley Davidson shirt, who just doesn't care and just yeah. says like shit that's borderline like that people are thinking too far. Yeah. yeah, that was the Jay that I liked, and that's who NBC thought they were getting. They didn't, folks. We want to know what you think, and yes, don't worry, we will one day get to the uh, Conan versus Jay. Should Leno. be like the, the the part two of this. It will be. Yeah, because it's like okay, let's let's go to the other side we of this. Gotta. Yeah. Not next week though. We got something completely different of mm-hmm. course next week. But we really do appreciate you being here. Let us know who you like and why. Jay Leno, David Letterman, which rich comedian do you prefer more? Yeah. Uh, cuz they both benefited from all this. And we would benefit if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you get your shows. We'd really love that. Leave us a review and also follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast. And uh, join our Facebook group if you have Facebook. But like we said, next week, totally different. Don't you worry about it. Not this. Not this. But until that time, I am Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn. And have a good late night. See ya. Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week.